my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land, and welcome back to another episode of Call of the Deep, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th Birds. edition actual play podcast. Uh, I am questioning all my life decisions at this point, but what else is new? Par for the I course see. with this crew. It's going to be an interesting episode, I'm not going to lie. But I am the Dungeon Master Mikey. You can follow me all over the social medias at Pop Culture Geek, various iterations of that. And you can also follow all of us collectively at Vibe Tribe Productions. Make sure to give us a like and follow so you can stay up to date on all the actual play podcasts and pop culture podcasts that we got going on. We got a little something for everyone, so stick around, have some fun, have some laughs. Tell us how we're doing, please. As always, I am joined by my lovely is a relative term, but I am joined by these players. I was about to curse, but then I got to wait two minutes because I remembered my own rules. But we're going to go around and do some introductions real quick. And then we're going to jump into the episode proper. Meanie, money, mo. He's been giving me all types of grief so far. Jace, I make you be the first to go. Hi, ho. This is Jace or JC Vanguard. It's going to be fun. Again, I'm Tydek, the dumbass dragon, who's also meow. We established he has some things from his time as cat deck. <laughs> don't look at me like that, JVL. This is what happens. I did. Speaking of, my mic went dead. Duh. It's never done. I, it's I have, never yeah. over. Our next person to give their introduction is going to be JVL. Hi, I'm John Van Luling. I'm playing Human Being, the hybrid druid and meow oh no <laughs> it's contagious uh, it's a catastrophe honestly. is what it is next up is going to be Amador. it's amador i do things around here sometimes but today i'll be playing our ankle biting goblin corvus our lovely arcane archer fighter thing yeah yeah Alrighty, next person to give our introduction is going to be the one and only josh Hello, hello, how go, how go? I'm Josh. I play Ferin Hammerstorm. He's a grandfatherly figure who's been named the Murder Grandpa by our group due to his rather large penchant for violence when you get on his bad side. He also likes to give out good berries like candy, which, by the way, I rolled seven today, so everybody gets a good berry. Okay, and uh, I do have a question for you, Mikey. Yes? Just how deep does the call go? You know what? We're past two minutes. It goes as deep as you want, baby. <laughs> it's long distance. God. The infinite depths that is the call of the deep. And yes, it is collect. <laughs> yes. Ah, and of course, last but certainly not least is the one and only Dakota. <laughs> hey, I am Dakota or Shiro, whichever. I'm playing Soren, a Alan astral self monk thing in this game you can find me on a variety of shows here crystal city duskvale tavern tale and the academy you can also find me over on mondays on adh adventures playing gods of Orlea phase 2 where you will not find mikey next week tomorrow whatever at the time of this recording <laughs> yeah who knows maybe it's accurate when it comes out <laughs> It's not going to be. I can already tell you that much. <laughs> Big. Hmm. We really should figure out when these things drop so we can actually make timely references to it. Like, what's going on in the calendar? All these other things. I can tell you that this episode's going to drop, like, in May. <laughs> God, the weather outside has been so weathery. Hey, my birthday's in a couple days, then. Nice. Fuck your birthday. <laughs> now, which oh, birthday the weather outside is weather. It'll be Meow 18th. Oh, Meow 18th. It's going to be Meow. Wow. Right, meow. Falling Rock. Falling meow Rocks. Be with you. Oh, gosh. Falling Rocks hit your characters. Y'all are dead. This was a good campaign. Goodbye. Wait. <laughs> but... I have plot armor plus 9,000 against Falling Rocks. No. <laughs> I have my decks. Can I roll no. to avoid them? That's the other game, Josh. No. <laughs> I have missed these hooligans. But unfortunately, we are down to players tonight. Our lovable paladin.ic, played by the amazing other Josh in this campaign, is unfortunately not here. You can follow him all over the social medias at MG Preacher across the things. 
And we are also unfortunately missing our lovable rogue Fila, played by the amazing John Crosswaith. Follow him all over the social medias at John Crosswaith if you so choose to, or go see his voiceover work and horror movie stuff. Check him out on IMDb. He is actually very talented. And he has really hot friends. And he has really hot friends. Go listen to the wrestling podcast to find out how hot his friends are. But with those introductions out of the way, let's get this shit show started. <laughs> so the last time where we left off, the Scorch's shield at the behest of Lady Red Axe after doing some shopping, went to go talk to a contact of hers located in the yawning portal underneath the cavern system that is below the actual tavern itself. After making their way and successfully, without too much of a damage, solving a painting puzzle in order to open the door, there they met the Dampir, known as the Baron, who filled them in on exactly what it is that the map was indicating, as well as giving a whole bunch of plot-related lore dump to our players that took 30 minutes to get through. It was beautiful. I was, Were there you was... have, like, a recap of that? Oh, no, no? Okay. Was I here for that? Yeah, yeah, because then we you complain to me. We were all here for that, yeah. <laughs> and because then you complain to me afterwards of you'd be like, "Hey, it was too long. You need to cut it down." And I was like, oh, "Fine." <laughs> that's right. No, I told you it was awful. That's right. Do you okay, JBL? Do you seriously want a quick no, recap? No, no, no. no, I'm fine. I'm just being uh, a dick. <laughs> yeah, look in the campaign notes if you want. It's all there. It took me an hour to type all that up, so there you go. Enjoy. There's a reading. Oh goddamn it! You know Please what? Do your required reading before class. <laughs> Upon getting all this information, the Baron decided that he would accompany the Scorch Shield back to Castle Waterdeep. And the last thing our party did was go back the way they came and exit the cavern system to find themselves back in the yawning portal. And that is where we're going to pick up right now. Didn't he also so you guys are now portal. back in the yawning portal with one more person than you went down with because now you have a damp here who's wearing the sunshades and a very long overcoat. D didn't he say like he knew one of our people that are on the ship still like from... Like the Court of King Red Axe. I know he said he, I think he knew somebody. He knows of Lady Red Axe because they work together since they're both operated in Waterdeep. But he happens to also know your new Goliath friend that you recruited after a Soren fight clubbed him to death in not even a fair fight. Not his what? Ass, like it was nothing. What? What do you mean, not a fair fight? That fight was it, fair as hell. That wasn't fair. You fucking didn't even give him a chance to hit <laughs> you before you knocked up. him down. Shut up. No, he got a chance. He got one turn. And, and missed. I, and I yeah, put ice behind him and he couldn't move. That's not my fault that he missed. It was a great time nonetheless. But yeah, so the Baron knows yet again your Goliath friend. They have a they go way back, but he hasn't oh, disclosed okay. that because nobody's really asked. But he does know them. He does know him. But yeah, y'all find are back in the yawning portal with your new Dampier friend just towing behind. And yes, just as a note, you guys have yet to take a rest after some of you sustained damage from some paintings, which was a thing that happened yeah, last episode. Yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> I'll have I'm almost to full and I haven't used any abilities, so I don't need a rest. I just all right. <laughs> All right, well, if that's the case, I'm going to second win myself just for some extra HP, because I'm pretty low. I mean, it, but whose fault was that? Amador's. It's always my fault. You take responsibility. It's always the short one. All right. I'm going to remember that. Right As here. You, yes. As, as our lovable ankle biter Corvus contemplates being so short, you... I'm assuming y'all make your way back to the castle. Contemplates what being is short. height? Does one <laughs> achieve height, or are they born with it? Is height a construct? Is just is it a societal norm that I don't understand personally? Am I normal height, or is everyone just really big? Don't know. These are the things you're contemplating as we're walking along. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed you guys so much. But as you guys make your way, you. Find your way back to Castle Waterdeep. 
the guards let you guys in and you make your way back to the giant meeting room slash war room, whatever you want to call it, slash the dining hall, because it is all intents and purposes a multi-purposed room that could be used for a variety of things. As you walk in, of course, sitting at the head of the table is not Roman Reigns, but it is Lady Red X. <laughs> Don't look at me. You're welcome, JPL. Go ahead. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Hugh, you look like you wanted to say something. Oh, no, not at all. Oh. Not at all. Mikey knows exactly what's going across <laughs> my head right now. We could talk afterwards. Which, Yeah, we could talk afterwards because we have a lot to catch up on. But as you guys walk back into the room, Lady Red Axe, who is at the head of the table, looking over some paperwork and looking at some maps and stuff, just looks up and says, Ah, my friends, I see that you have returned. And she just looks over. I see that you brought the Baron back. I was That was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I did not want to say I didn't have faith in you, but I am quite surprised of how efficient you are. No, that that does hurt us a little bit because you've seen what we've done for the last thing we did. We would expect faith was already put in us at this point. The fact that you did not have faith in us actually speaks more volumes. That is true, but you also have to realize that on top of the last thing that you did, may I remind you that you burnt down an establishment and apparently what I also heard too is that your dragon, gem dragonborn friend also... Poked a cat and got turned into one himself. I didn't poke a cat. I pet the cat. And also, we didn't burn it. We charred it. No, we didn't do it at all. No, technically, that was the the bartender did that. The owner, yeah, the owner of the mm-hmm. establishment mm-hmm. set her own place ablaze. We had nothing to do with that. It's true. She threw the fireball. It's her fault. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Redox just sits there. She says, "You know what?" I do apologize. I should be more trusting of you. You guys have done excellent work at this point. Though you, though the way you go about things might be a little different, I can appreciate it. Our methods are, are a bit unorthodox, but of course we do our best to stay within societal norms. Such as height is one of them, I believe. Yeah. If you want, I think I could show you a playback with the telepathy I have. I might be able to just show you my memory. It'll mostly be as a cat, but you might enjoy it. Now, this is a question from Mikey. Can you actually do that, or are you just making this up? I have telepathy, and I am a psionic fighter, on top of being a gem dragonborn. How did I not know this? Hold up. Someone hasn't been reading their character sheet. But here's the other part of that. That still is an unreliable narrator, because it is a point of view of a person who's telling these things. You don't know if it is truthful or not, because it is the interpretation of the cat. Yeah. And therefore the dragon. So that is the offset to it, where you don't know if it's truthful or not. You can insight check it and make sure they're not trying to lie to you. But That is an interesting conundrum. But you know what? As you say this, Tydeck, Lady Red Axe kind of says, I think that's okay. I, I believe you. As she, <laughs> as you see the mountain of paperwork that she's that she just pushes to the side a little bit, like filling out the paperwork for all the damages that happened and everything. And she's like, it's okay. It's, it wasn't too bad as she pushes the pile of paperwork from that incident to the side. I would suggest you could fight that against them. They are blaming us for something that we did not do. Therefore, you're not responsible for fixing their problem. They made their choice to light their own bar on fire. Yes, we may have put missives in the air saying we had an idea of burning something that we wouldn't have a hot, hot rave, but we did not burn down the building. Wasn't... Weren't we supposed to burn down the building? Wasn't that we like had a... thought about it? It was part of the plan. Yes, we had discussed this, but we never got our chance. That was brought right. to us by the other people there as they set their own. Honestly, they did a better job than we ever could have at that point. But yeah, I agree. We were burning it for that was just the thing to do. You were burning it to get me out. Oh, we were just burning it to burn it. Yes, we wanted it, to see if things could burn in this area that is called Water Deep. It was make sure the name stuck or not. It was very involved. And as you can see, it's pretty lukewarm. <laughs> see, I see. Oh my goodness. So Lady Red Axe just looks at you all and just, you know what? That can be a different conversation for a different day, but. I see that you brought the Baron back, which means that not only did you get the information that we were looking for, but it seems that you also got the Baron to come back to help in this endeavor, no? Yes, we did. 
Excellent. Then, why don't you fill me in? What exactly are we looking at here? What are we dealing with? I am human being. This is Tydek. This is Corvus. And we have Howlin friend here. And we have Murder Grandpa. This is the entire team. We are the Scorch Shield. What else would you be looking at? That is my fault. I should have phrased the question a little bit more sim- more direct. What did you learn from the Baron at when you were visiting him? What did he tell? That he likes to be scratched behind the ear. We did learn that in order to in- engage with him, we must be a true lover of art in certain respects. I didn't do the reading. <laughs> Hold on. We're not the only ones who are can looking I, for these artifacts. Can I pull out the massive book that is just <laughs> notes from the <laughs> lore dump? So, somebody who runs a group known as the Black Armada. Yes. Oh, lovely. So we're dealing with those assholes. Anyways, continue. Additionally, and additionally, there's the Espada Alliance we have to deal with. If Captain Blackstaff and his Black Armada begin to look for other resources, there are four other pirate captains they can lean on. As you're recounting this <laughs> to Lady Red X. You can see as she's listening intently, she's just nodding, but every piece of information that you collectively offer her, you just see her just more retreat into herself more. And as she, as you finish recounting all the information that you guys were given, there's a brief moment of silence as Lady Red Axe takes one hand and begins to massage her temple a little bit. And then she stands up out of her chair. She pushes it in. She walks over to the window. She just looks out a little a bit for a couple of seconds. She turns back around. There's a chair next to her. She within a couple of moments of just still quiet and just processing, she grabs the chair and just ducks it across the room, hitting the wall and breaking into a couple of pieces. And then she just breathes in deeply. <sighs> All right, I think I'm. I think I have processed processed that enough now. Uh, that was an intense emotion. We haven't even gotten to Hugh's girlfriend. It's true. We girlfriend. Yes, Alcrist, the sorcerer. Oh, that's. The... <laughs> I don't believe that we were a romantic item at any point. At least, not in my respect. Perhaps she is spreading a rumor that we were intertwined, as one might say, the way the octopuses might be. But I don't remember this part of that, even in my before life. It was never anything that I swear I don't remember any of that. Yes, not me as a, as a druid myself. I just I would never. You sound have... very nervous. Uh, nervous uh, one nervous. of Black Tap Admirals could be within the town in the next two days. If we can lay a trap for him, we can get more information about the Candor then. This is, so, Lady Red Axe, at first she looks at you, Hugh, and is just looking at you with the one eyebrow raised. It's like, listening. And, hold up, let me roll something real quick. Oh, happy day. Okay, she just looks at you, Hugh, and just nods as you're telling her. Okay, we'll come back to that in a little bit. That facial expression. So we're going to revisit this in a later time. Hugh just like then, nods, like over nods, just and tries to bl- to wink, but he blinks, and it's just, it's not working. And then she turns to you, Fedden, and just looks. I, uh, and just one of the admirals is on his way, and he'll be in here in two days. Okay, lovely. And she turns over to the Baron. Do you know which one is coming to us? And then the Baron kind of just takes off his sunglasses still. I believe, according to my analysis of the map, that Admiral Diamant is going to be here. And she picks up another chair and just chucks it across the room. And this, okay, not what I was expecting. At least we know what to expect. Do we, though? Who were you expecting? If you were not expecting Diamant. It's more of a... (laughs) Very nice. Love it. If I'm being perfectly honest, any of the admirals would have been an oh fuck moment. And honestly, it's the same. It's, it's the same. I would be reacting the same regardless. But uh, I'm just trying to I'm trying to not freak out here. But obviously it's not working. Oh, we are in so much shit. We are fucked. Are there any chairs left in the room? <laughs> There's a couple of chairs. Chair? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go stand over a chair so that she can't throw the next one. I'm gonna grab the, the other chair and I'm just gonna throw it against the wall and say, "I'm just trying to be cool." Oh my gosh! 
Well, it's the way it's, how you fit in, right? You just you do what the boss does. It's not a water deep tradition here or some sort of like ritual for when you're upset, you throw chairs. Ah, all right, all right. Let me think. Let me think. And Lady Red Axe, for the first time since you've been in Waterdeep, she begins to pace around the room, and she actually looks worried. Her usual demeanor of this confident badass of a woman is starting to fade a little bit, and now she's being overwhelmed with just... It's kind of like the process where you're trying to think on your feet real quick so you can see her and hear her verbalizing out loud. All right, so if that means he's coming, that means we got to do these... I need to let them know that we have to do this. Oh, this is... Wait a minute. And she stops for a brief moment. And she begins to light up a little bit. I think I might have an idea, but I don't want to ask him for help. But it seems that I'm going to have to swallow my pride on this one. And she turns back to you all. I think I have a solution. I don't personally like it, but I think I have... I think I have somebody who might help us. As she just shudders and just breathes in. Is, huh. While we are doing this, should we not also be letting the city guard know that these people are coming and to shore up the gates and such, just in case? Oh, no, for sure. I'm definitely going to be doing that as well. But if I'm being completely honest, we can handle your regular pirate crew. Like, it isn't the first time that Waterdeep has been the target of some pirates thinking they can have a score. It never works out for them anyways. But this is the Black Armada that we are talking about. It is the largest pirate organization. And if Admiral Diamant is on his way here, that means he's on. we are on a whole different playing field than your normal everyday pirates. This is an organization that has many individuals and resources. So while the city guards are capable... We're also going to need some magical backup, and we have to activate the city's magical defenses as well. And I know somebody who can help us in that endeavor, but uh, I'm gonna be honest, I don't really like the guy, he creeps me out. But I am willing to swallow my pride because time is of the essence, and there is n- I cannot allow my pride to get in the way of keeping the city safe. Just point us in a direction and we will. Happily try to help secure the area we're in, at least. <sighs> All right, give me a sec. And then she, you see Lady Red Axe take a piece of parchment, and she begins to write on it, and then hands it to you. You are to go to the northern part of Waterdeep, where the more uh, affluent citizens live. I, I gave you directions. You are to see, uh, and she rolls her eyes, you are there to see the great wizard Romulus. He is the arcane expert that we have here. And in fact, he's the one that designed the magical defense system for the city. Though he is a little bit of an asshole as well. But you, again, my pride and my personal opinion aside, we are going to need his help. So I need you, while I start rounding up the city guard and getting everything as prepared as best as we can immediately... I need you to help me, our wizard friend, to help us in the magical defense. Though I do warn you, he's a bit of a hard ass and he may or may not require you to help him with something. So just be prepared for it not to be easy. But then again, this group doesn't give me the vibes of things ever being easy for you, which is fine. You have more than capable. Shall we then? Off to our next adventure, which we'll have to do another escort mission or something, or perhaps we'll have to take some package to another... Basically, it's just a run-of-the-mill, get this other information, I'm assuming. Yeah, that is that is probably the best way to describe it, but again, he can be a, this can be a little bit of a hard ass. I also need to warn you, he's a little bit sensitive about his height. We don't mention it, otherwise it's not going to be good. Good, Corvus will talk to him then. I'm going to make fun of him. Only if you're taller than he is. Nah, I'm way cooler. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna head out and find this wizard who obviously does not have a twin named Remus. He's just Romulus, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Remus is a sorcerer. Ooh, family infighting. Whether you eat or you don't, you both have magic. 
We are now making this cannon. I will find a way to make a cannon at some point in this game. I'm writing this down. I hope the other brothers. I'm talented because I was born with my gifts. Oh, no. He's the firstborn, and the secondborn is the wizard that had to work so hard to live up to the firstborn's innate ability. They should be uh, they should be twins, and the firstborn should be like one or two minutes older than the other, and holds it against them. <laughs> yeah, of course. Best two minutes of my life. <laughs> Been on that date. Alrighty, so y'all, with the help of the directions given from Lady Red X, the Scorch Shield, you guys leave Castle Waterdeep, and you begin making your way up to the more affluent area of Waterdeep. As you are walking on this path, once again, you've been here for two two, two days at this point. So you're getting used to the city folk. You're used to seeing all the shops and all the stands. But as you get closer and you move into the northern district of Waterdeep, you immediately see the difference between where you guys have been at. And now you start to see that Everything is completely different. The architecture is more structured. Everything is more marble and very glossy to its sheen. You can see literally this area. It's got monies. This is where all the people with monies live. (laughs) And Hugh is plastering the walls with his pamphlets. And they're sticking. Thank you for finishing that sentence. Yes, I'm glad. Yes, Josh, I needed to make sure that was specific on there. Yeah, so they are just being plastered on these nice walls. They are sticking because of how soggy they are. It's... And as you how make... How soggy are they? <laughs> these pamphlets uh... are so soggy, you feel like you've been reading underwater for at least 10 days. Wow. wow. Don't we know it. <laughs> All right. I'm going. I'm trying. <laughs> Eventually, you guys make your way to the address that Lady Red Axe gave you as you stand there. So every other building has been either a single story or a two story little house. As you arrive, a giant tower kind of just plastered in front of you. It is what you typically see within a wizard's tower, but instead it is also made. It basically looks like a marble column in its architecture and its structure. So the door is in front. And as you just look up, you see it, the tower just to rise to a certain point in the skyline. And then you see a singular window in the front as well. And on the door, you notice that there seems to be a lot of intricate details carved into this door. As you examine it, there is kind of engraved into the door itself seems to be various silhouettes and caricatures of different aquatic life per se. So there's like sharks and dolphins and a variety of different fishes ingrained into this door. And it is also accented by what is actually a pretty nice aquamarine colored tile above the door frame in the archway of itself. And there is a small little window at the very top that is also an aquamarine color. It's very aquatic looking is the best way to put it. I I know you said marble column. I heard marbles column for some reason. So I'm picturing glass balls stuck on top of each other all the way to the sky. Dang, that actually would have been cooler. But no, I'm sticking with my original idea. (laughs) Yeah, you're fine. I will. Apparently, we should probably just knock on the door, correct? I mean, we can, or we can see if it's already open. I'm a- How many of these fish can you name, Hugh? I'd have to sit and look at these for a few minutes. These carvings are bar-reliefed. Obviously, I'd have to do a rubbing of some sort and really look at the lines. But if we have the time, I'm more than happy to sit down and name every single one of them for you, if you like. We can always make time. You got to look like a Jeff, don't you? I... I think I mean, so. I don't, I don't know their family name. No, I just know what they're called in usual parlance. But I could ask their names later if maybe perhaps we run a, run up to the model of this drawing here. Uh, as he's saying this, he's like pulling a piece of paper out of his pack to start doing rubbings of these fish. So, Hugh, you rub down these fish to get it on paper. <laughs> Phrasing. I know what I said. <laughs> yeah. So it takes you about a couple of minutes, and you just get a 
and with a, through a couple pieces of paper and a couple of charcoal rubbings, you're able to get the images onto the paper. <laughs> the crayons, yes. Unfortunately, you had to use two or three packs, but you got a whole bunch, so you're good. Exactly. I always melt down some of my enemies' tallow and make new crayons. I learned something new about Hugh today, so that's awesome. Example <laughs> from my enemies that we kill. That is true. That is very true. Real quick, is Davey's audio cutting in and out for anybody else, or is it just me? No, I can hear him fine. <laughs> Who's audio? It's been going in and out on my audio the whole the time, and I want to make sure it's not going to cause an issue. No, JBL's coming in fine with me, so... Sounds good to me. Rub-a-dub-a-dub. Okay. Rub oh my goodness. So, Hugh, you complete your rubbings, and you put them in your pack. He rubbed so, what? Yeah. <laughs> but there, yeah, you're at the door. I try to see if the door is open. Unlocked, even. You jiggle the handle a little bit. It won't open. It is locked. <laughs> we should try the back door. I've been on that date a few times. What he said. Oh my gosh. Alright, so Corvus, are you checking to see if there's a back door? I'd imagine there's no back door. No, you go around, there is no back door. <laughs> Guys, there's no back door. It's a wizard's tower. You don't know. You never know. Maybe he got it installed. It's not a base model wizard's tower. It's not the Sears catalog wizard's tower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fine. Corvus knocks on the door very loudly. <laughs> Almost annoyingly. You're just like, tch, tch. <laughs> he stop. He just keeps going and going. Yo, really? I just annoy the fuck. <laughs> just boo boo. So you keep going at a rapid rate and a continuous succession of knocking until the door swings open and standing in front of you is this stout little halfling who is wearing this like aquamarine robe and has these glasses on and as you as he opens the door he's what do you want am i taller than him how tall is corvus i think hold up i forgot how tall goblins can be i think i made him like fuck hold up i have the answer if i saw if i see it i know what the answer is okay so he'd be four feet four feet <laughs> this halfling is about this this halfling is the same height as you okay eye to eye then see eye eye. no we're gonna get copyrighted that song from goofy movie slaps though just saying it's not copyrighted if you sing it. It's technically a rendition. M Mikey, I dropped a picture in the chat. Is that what we're looking at? Let me take a look. Horrible podcasting, but let's take a look, shall we? Oh my that god. <laughs> For the listening audience, JVL dropped in our chat a reference image of what I'm thinking, and it's it's Kami Koopa from the Mario series. It's essentially what you're looking at. It's a magic Koopa. It's a magic Koopa. I unintentionally made him a, ma a Kami Koopa. We love to see it. But yeah, so standing in front of you is this stout little halfling with glasses and an aquamarine robe. It's like, yeah, it's going to help you. And at that point, Corvus is going to turn to JVL and like the rest of the group and be like, I see what they mean about the height. We have a lot of common. You have no room to talk. At least I'm green. I'm a little more different than he is. Those are Romulus, I take it. Yes, that's my name. And may I ask who it is it that I am talking to? Seren Hammerstone of the Scorched Field, sent by Lady Radax. <sighs> what do you want? You need to activate the magical protections around Waterdeep due to the fact that the Black Flag Armata is sailing towards us right now. And that's my problem because they're pirates. They'll you sell you. We are going to kill you. That too. What is this? What? You will be a traitor to the clown if you refuse, and we will have to execute you immediately. Oh, that makes the sense. To the clown. What clown are they traitoring? Down. Clown. Oh, you did not roll. Tiny thing on one's head. Yeah, I put a clown on my head before. It was very strange. Kinky, honestly. Have you never had a mime hat before? Couldn't say. They don't have any in my size. He had a soggy tortilla hat at one point. I smacked people with it. <laughs> yeah, you smacked me. 
To be honest with you, Sir Romulus, we were sent here with Lady Renex. She could think of no one else that was qualified enough to be able to put that up, but also thought that you would be able to instruct us as lay people in certain ways of the magical intricacies of this device you created while turning it on and also saving the city at the same time. It was a learning experience to prove your worth to us, or this dwarf will shoot you in the face. It would ruin my day if I got shot in the face. That wouldn't necessarily be the funnest experience. Trust me, he'll hurt you. Yeah, I don't doubt it. As he eyeballs are fed in up and down, it's just like... Standing there, using his great axe as a cane, leaning on the head, and wiggles his fingers, grins real big. Through his beard, like he just does this. Oh, I love it. <sighs> Mostly emotional of his cheeks and the stash, really. I would love to see this setup you have and perhaps understand or have you lecture me on certain things while everyone else does their own thing. If that's how, if you like to hear your own voice, I'm more than happy to allow you to talk. Let me save you the trouble here, okay? Because obviously I don't want to be emaciated by your friend over here. His name's Farron. I don't want to be murdered by your friend Farron here, so let's just cut to the chase. All right, so it's, so you said we're dealing with the Black Armada. Oh, great. Not again. As he rolls his eyes, as he says this, is, I thought we got rid of them last time they were here. I'm, uh, it's, uh, when were they here last? Let's see, about 50 years ago or so. That could be a whole different armada. Who knows? They could be worse off than they were before. Yeah, like new management or something. Yeah, but do we really want to try to take that chance? <laughs> Probably not. No, it's better to not assume that there is a new Karen aboard. Yeah, let me keep it short. I will be oh so happy to help Lady Redex. Yes, I will activate the magical defenses, but uh, yes. See, it's better if I show you. Hang on, come on in. And he just starts walking away from you guys as he walks back into the tower. Age before beauty. holds the door open for the rest of the party to continue. Hugh bows to Farron and goes, Age before beauty. Didn't hear that part. Sorry. But he strokes his beard and continues into the tower. Okay. And the rest of you follow in, I am assuming. Yes. So, as, who would be the last person to walk in? The, yeah, who's the, okay, so Tidak is last. Cool, so Tidak, as you walk in through the threshold of the door frame, the door just automatically closes behind, and it's just, and as, eh, you'll be fine. As you guys walk in further into the tower, the first thing that sticks out to you is that kind of smack dab in the middle of this tower, going from the base all the way up to the top of the tower is this giant kind of cylindrical glass tube. It's basically filled with a bunch of water and different colored coral and a bunch of different species of fish. So obviously this is a giant aquatic aquarium in the middle of this wizard's tower. <laughs> I begin comparing my rubbings to the fish in the tank. You do start to see there are some match the matching fish in there. But what perplexes you, Hugh, is that as you're taking a look too, you see a giant great white shark just swim by in and out of frame a little bit. And you're wondering exactly how that is possible, given that while this is a kind of big cylindrical aquarium tank, it shouldn't be possible for a giant great white shark to be swimming in there. Can I see, does it just, it go up, goes up all the floors? Like it's not just like in this floor specifically, is there, or there's like an entry point somewhere? Where you can, for where you are standing at the base floor, you can't really tell if there is an entry point of any kind into this giant aquarium. You just see the giant aquarium smack dab in the middle of this tower. And it seems to be going all the way up to the very top. But it doesn't seem that there's any entry point, at least from where you're standing currently. Okay. Can I lean over to Hugh and go, I don't think you're allowed to swim in there. I may not be, but one of my other personas might. If it's that damn thing that drags me through the water, it could go to hell. No, I wouldn't do that to you again. I know you have PTSD looking at me in that form. Falling hurts. It does, my friend. I understand. And he just pats him on the shoulder and then walks off. Oh my goodness. And as you continue, as you all continue to walk into the tower, you also see that 
there is a lot of decoration that is very similar to also a very aquatic theme. The interior is low lit with various hues of blues as far as the lighting situation goes. It's basically trying to mimic like what it looks like underwater when the ocean is clear in the few areas of the world where the water is clear and you're given this underwater kind of view. And as you guys continue to walk over Romulus, get on what looks to be a kind of ceramic panel adorned in a variety of seashells. And it's just like, eh, hop on as he just motions you all over to stand on this kind of like big panel with the seashells on it. I will approach and get on. As will I. I'll stand right next to him, like w- really creepily, like close, with my unblinking eyes just focused on him. <laughs> so as the rest, as everybody else, back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on <laughs> behind Hugh. And I'm just gonna ho- hold like the bit of his cloak behind in case. I just want to get <laughs> lost again. Oh my and gosh! You and they'll drag you like we did under the water. Would that be okay? As long as you get me to air very quickly. I will keep you breathing, I promise. No mouth-to-mouth, though. No, I would never do that without consent. Because consent is sexy. Anyways, (laughs) as you all get on this platform, and Hugh, as as Tydek is trying to... is just holding the bit of the scruff of your cloak, and you're just staring into the soul of Romulus, without even breaking concentration, he's like, listen... Like, we could talk about this later. I was like, it's not that you're making me uncomfortable, but I was like, if we're going to be in this close proximity to each other, might as well just get it over with. Turns around and just like full on kisses you in the cheek and then turns back and it's just like, how do you like that sweet cheeks? <laughs> Cute for one moment, it just stands there. In his head, he's processing, oh, this must be the costume here or something else like that. So he grabs the head with two hands, turns it the other way and just licks him up the side of the face. And... Because of where Hugh's acid glands are, there's a little tingle to it. A certain dominance. <laughs> a certain dominance. <laughs> wow. Does Romulus take any damage from that or not really? Uh, Hugh made sure that he wasn't like spewing acid at the time, but there's always a mild tingle to it. If someone French kissed Hugh, it'd be very, t- it'd be like as if you put like vinegar in your mouth. Good to know. <laughs> With that little exchange done, Romulus kind of just. Kneels down and touches one of the seashells. Don't get... Listen, the point is, he pushes in one of the seashells on the pattern, and you hear this mechanical click, and you guys suddenly feel yourself begin to rise up, as essentially this is like an elevator taking you all the way up to the top. And as you guys are going up the top of this tower via magical elevator... You continue to see the giant aquarium as you still get to see a variety of fish. And eventually you guys reach the top of the tower where after locking into place, Romulus just steps off and you guys see that you have entered his office, which is again, you see a bed in the corner. You see a bunch of shelves full of books as well as a variety of it's like similar to like those movies that have the scientist has all the butterflies encased in glass with all the different varieties just pinned in there. But instead, it's like skeletons of a different like marine animals, a smaller aquarium in there as well. Hugh, you do see the entry of the aquarium in the top of the tower at the base of the floor of it. But yeah, again, office, all that good stuff. You're just going to take in if there is a way for him to get in that tank. I'm sorry, one more time. (laughs) Hugh's just kind of like casually while he's doing everything else is just looking for a way to get in that tank. It is open at this point. Like the opening is open at the very top. Noted, noted. Okay. It's one of those things too. It's like a raised platform where it's the entry to the tank is a little bit further into the ground, but there is a tiny little ladder and you can either jump in or you can use the ladder to get in, but it is there just letting you know. And as you guys are taking in Romulus's study, he goes to his desk and he flips a... He's like, where did I put it? Hold up. Ah, here we go. And you hear him press something underneath his desk, which then there is a painting of a giant mosaic like blue whale that flips over and turns into kind of 
a essentially what looks to be like a magical screen of some sort via like battleship. It's got like sonar going on. It's got like all the ins and outs. And as this is appearing in front of you, out pops a little control panel where you see a groove inside of the console. What looks to be that some sort of spherical object goes in there. And as this happens, he turns to you. Yeah, I would like to activate the magical defenses. The problem is I don't have the key. At least not anymore. Ah, and here's our retrieve mission that we knew was coming. Yeah. I don't really want to go into too much detail about it, but let's just say an old friend of mine currently has it. And I'm sorry, what? Is it your brother, Remus? Nah, it's not my brother. Fuck that guy anyways. (laughs) It's this person in Waterdeep. Yes and no. Technically, it is in Waterdeep, but it's just, it's not in the actual city itself. Beneath Waterdeep, then. Bingo, bongo, th- good fed and sir, you got it correct. <laughs> so, back to the yawning portal, deeper down, and what is the name of the person we have to retrieve this from? Oh no, you're not going to the yawning portal to gain access. In fact, you're going to need to go back to the docks. <laughs> Think more oceanic. Part of your wheelhouse, then, my friend here. Did you say whale house? Whale house. Yes, whale, whale. house. Whale. Round thing that is turned to raise a bridge. Either way, who is the person we are looking for, then, that is under the sea, perhaps? Tell me his name is Sebastian. Actually, his name is Flounder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, apparently you want to try. You want to try not to stay down there too long. There's a sea witch that likes to steal people's voices and all that. That's a different story. No, so it's not that far. The key is in the underwater city of Brian. Brian? Did you say city of Brian? Brian, B-R-I-N-E. Okay. Yeah, and let's just say that the key is it may or may not be in the castle of the king, maybe. Sure, let's go with that. You lost it in the poker game, I figured as much. I didn't lose it per se. Technically, I did lose it, but not in a poker game. It was more like me and the king didn't necessarily see eye to eye. In a conversation we last had, both got pissy with each other, and uh, he uh, took the key out of anger, and he's kept it ever since. May I ask how someone takes a key out of anger during a conversation? Let's just say. Let's just say that I may or may not have blacked out one night at the Lucky Lady. Which, by the way, it's a shame that it burned down. I hope they get whoever was responsible for all that. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was self-inflicted. That They were really just, the building code was terrible. You know what? That would make a lot of sense. It, that thing hasn't had a remodel in, like, eons. But anyways. <clears throat> yeah, I may or may not have blacked out one night, and one day it was there. One day, next thing I wake up in the morning, it's no longer there. Dartling. Someone broke into your lab and stole your key, and you just hid up here and did not admit that it had been missing. Yeah, but you know what? I blame myself on that one. As you should. You're yeah. Not up to snuff, no, and I should have changed the lock when it happened, because I'm pretty sure that uh, the king still had keys to my tower, but... Why would the king... I am so confused at this point why this king has all of these keys. So you see... With keys. So you see, we were roommates at one point, right? Roommates? Like roommates or roommates? Yes. <laughs> ah, now I put it all together. Tidak, you had your hand raised. <laughs> I was waving, I sneezed also. That's all I did. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was waving the creature since he is here. I know. So, I'm gonna edit this part out, but got an update from the professor. Mom is okay. (laughs) Yes, I just heard that she broke her sternum. Yes. Ow. Yes. So, we're thankful that she is okay. We send our love, thoughts, prayers, good vibes, all the way to the professor's mother. And to the professor, too. We love you. Anyways. Back to the roommate situation, right? Yeah, so at one point we were roommates. Yeah, you know what? We both had an affinity for magic. We both loved to study it. 
especially any type of aquatic magic we can figure out. We were studying that. And then it led into a disagreement where uh, we haven't talked to each other since then. Aquatic magic? Have you heard or felt the love of our Lord and Savior Dagon? Oh, of course. It was the basis of my thesis paper all those years ago. Are you a follower of Dagon? Not in the sense you're thinking. Now, here's the real question. Are you a follower of the old Dagon or this new current version of it? The imposter has no sway over me. Okay. You know what? Me and you are going to have a chat later because I, I have some interesting questions and uh, some thoughts about this whole thing. Oh, I expected as much. And he hands him the children's pamphlet. He takes the pamphlet and, like, nicely puts it on his desk. He opens the drawer to put it in, and inside you just see, like, a plethora of one of those, like, 64-pack of crayons already ready to go. This would be interesting. <laughs> but I assume, as we are on a time clock here with the Armada on its way, we probably should get directions on where we're going as quick as possible, and any intel we can on who we will be dealing with and or setting ablaze are just going into their building of. All right, so here's what you need to know. And I'm going to be telling you this information in my regular voice, because I, if I try to do it in character, my voice is going to be dying. But here's what you need to know. So I'm listening to Dakota's advice, and I'm keeping it brief, and I'll give you a fuller version later. But here's the important bits that you need to know. Shade on that. Oh, my gosh. Listen, we're friends here. We can throw each other under the bus uh, this once in a while. Motherfucker. <laughs> No, but here's the important information that you need to know. So, the so here's what you need to know. Your destination is known as well. Literally, it's the kingdom of it's the kingdom of Brine. B R I N E is where you're going. It is an underwater. It is an underwater city, which is ruled by the king, who is named King. Aquatica, don't hate me for the name. It was the best I could do. I'm not good with names. But King Aquatica is the current monarch of the kingdom of Brine. He is, uh, funny enough, he is a south. Oh, which Mikey is I hate my internet sometimes. What was the last thing you heard? <laughs> he was a south. Okay. Uh, so King Aquatica is a Saugin, which you all have already had experience with. For those of you that were making your way to Gunderland when you were part of the ship. Those are the creatures that attacked you. But that is also the things that you were fighting before y'all got into the boss fight under the ocean after discovering the crash ship as well. That's that's the thing, too. So y'all have already had experiences with this, so it's the fish people. Some of the other things that you are told by Romulus is that the only way, obviously, to get into the kingdom of Brine is you're going to have to go underwater so he, if need be, has the required materials and things that you may need in order to breathe underwater. You also are told a little bit about the disagreement between Romulus and King Aquatic. Again, both of them were studying aquatic magic, but as they got older and further into their studies, they have differing opinions as to the use of magic. King Aquatica believes that magic should be used for the betterment of the community and for the entire populace. So using it in a way, essentially what it was is that the two disagreed on the, about the fundamentals of using magic. The king believed that magic should be used to benefit the entire, not only the underwater kingdom, but also all of Waterdeep as well and its inhabitants, and that when harnessed properly, it could improve the quality of life and help defend everyone against any external threats. Whereas Romulus, on the other hand, believed that magic was a personal tool to be used for one's own gain. Romulus believes that each individual should be free to use their magical abilities as they saw fit without having to be burdened with the responsibility of using it to help others. So it's like one of those dichotomies of use it for the greater good versus use it according to your own kind of code and ethics and kind of things like that. Because of this disagreement, it eventually led the two having a falling out of some sort. And eventually, the K King Aquatica felt, Romul according to Romulus, 
King Aquatica felt that Romulus was being selfish, and he figured that's why he took the key from Romulus as out of spite and revenge and kind of all that stuff as he viewed Romulus's viewpoint of magic as dangerous in a sense. And the last thing that you're told about the kingdom is that King Aquatica is very stoic and he is a kind monarch, but he is very wary of outsiders. And if need be, he knows how to roll with an iron fist and take care of people who may not be the best intentioned when visiting his kingdom. And the city of Waterdeep and the kingdom of Brine have a peace treaty where they coexist, but they're also left to their own devices. They don't try to go after each other, but it is a very, it is a very fragile kind of peace treaty because there's always suspicion that one person's doing another thing and it goes back and forth. It's like similar to the Cold War where they're spying on each other, but nothing really has been confirmed nor denied. It's a weird kind of infrastructure and it's a, at any given moment, it's very volatile and an all out war could break out between Waterdeep and the underwater kingdom of Brine because the peace, the treaty between the two is very fragile. Do we know if Brine has the same kind of feeling about the Black Armada that Waterdeep does? Based on the information that Romulus tells you guys, you don't foresee that the kingdom of Brine would be in cahoots or gives off the same energy as the Black Armada. But just like any party, I'm sure you can't necessarily rule out that maybe there may have been some contact between the two par- the kingdom of Brine and the Black Armada, but there's no definitive proof. And Romulus says he has his suspicions, but he can't be for sure. He doesn't think that the kingdom would turn on Waterdeep, but he also doesn't rule it out either because of the fragility of the peace between Waterdeep and the kingdom of Brine have with each other. Right. Cool. Just trying to figure out like what our tactic is with a uh, negotiation. From yes and our bird friend back to Lady Red Axe to inform her what's going on so far. Bye. And have him meet us over at the docks since he can get there fastest. I I can do that. That is a thing. Alrighty. So, after giving you all that information, Romulus gives each of you guys, he goes through his little plethora of... He's going through his plethora of notes and into the drawer. He says, I know I have all this. Hang on. Ah, here we go. And he pulls out, like, this seashell-encrusted little chest that he pulls out of a drawer... And essentially what he gives you is he gives you all minus Hugh because but hear me out. He gives everyone minus Hugh a necklace of water breathing because y'all are going to need to be able to breathe under the ocean. And given Wait, the fact the tattoos that tattoos that we all have don't help us this time with the water breathing thing. What tattoos? <laughs> oh, they're all gone. Yep. Interesting. That was a temporary thing. But don't worry. No one trusted us. That's great. (laughs) But don't worry. Your little friend who gave you those tattoos, as well as the patron that she serves, are going to come into play later. We'll get there when we get there. But yeah, so Romulus gives all of you, except for Hugh, a necklace of water breathing, because you're going to need to be able to move underwater. But with this necklace of water breathing, too, not only are you allowed, as long as you're wearing it, you are allowed to breathe underwater. But on top of that, too, it is also imbued with freedom of movement. So you guys will not be penalized for your speed while you're under the water while you are wearing this thing. Because usually if you. Yeah. So usually because if you're underwater, speed is halved (laughs) when you are moving. But you will not be penalized with that so long as you're wearing this necklace. And then you, you already don't have that issue. So you're good. (laughs) I was made for this shit. Really? But after, yes, you are, but you're our freak of nature. <laughs> Alrighty, so as Romulus gives you all this stuff and he walks all of you out, you guys exit the tower. Romulus does tell you that when you have the key to come back and he will activate the magic defenses and then he will give anyone who wants to a little bit of a tour as well as explaining what exactly it does. As you guys make your way out of the tower, Soren, you fly back over to Castle Waterdeep. 
And as you walk into the war room, which it has now become, that the chairs pieces are still broken about. But now in the time that you guys have been gone, Lady Red Axe now has like a bunch of cork boards all over the place with information <laughs> and strings leading to all sorts of things. It's like a murder mystery board in here. It just the it's a full conspiracy board. <laughs> it really is a full conspiracy board. Are there any more chairs? Soren sees a couple of chairs, and as you walk in, Soren... do. You know <laughs> what to do. Oh my gosh, no. So currently, it's just Soren, Soren and Lady Red Axe. So as you walk in, Lady Red Axe hears the door open. Ah, my friend, Soren. i assuming things went well over at the tower. She remembered your name. They went well, I would say, I think. And I'll recount everything we heard. I see. I was afraid that Romulus may... I, to be honest, I thought Romulus would have lost the key, but I do give him a little... No, actually, I don't give him a credit because he blacked out and he got it stolen from him. But it seems that at least he knows where it is. But I do want to give you a little bit of a warning, my feathered friend. Just please be careful when you all go down into the kingdom of Brine. The people there are very kind, but they are very wary to outsiders. And just don't do anything that is going to... How do you say it nicely? Don't be an asshole, is all I can say. Be as respectful as possible and don't piss off the king, because we are already fighting the Black Armada. I'm not trying to fight the underwater kingdom as well. I'll, I'll keep it in Oh, I do have one more thing for you. And she pulls out of this pocket. And so, as she gives... Let me whip this out. <laughs> so, out of her pocket, she has these two small, what look to be stones, carved in the shape of an eastern island head of some sort. And she gives one to you, Soren. And she's, these are, how do you say, these are of my sendings, these are my sending stones, but with a little bit more of an upgrade. In case you, you all find yourself in trouble while you are down there, you can relay any information to me, and I will be happy to help out as best as I can from the surface. Mechanic-wise, how this is going to work is, like in a video game, essentially this sending stone is going to mechanically function as a less annoying version of Navi from the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Without all the dramatics, but mechanic-wise, if your party gets stuck on where to go, or if they actually need information and need help, and they're having a bit of a trouble figuring out what needs to happen, you can just use the Standing Stone, and Lady Red Axe will do her best to try to lead you in the right direction. But also, if you need to relay for any information or things to be immediately, she will have things dropped into the ocean for you if need be. Gotcha. Okay. On a loadout. And so, as she is finished explaining this to you, Soren, she walks over you, she puts her hand on your shoulder, and is just like, please don't die. I need all the help I can get. And you, while the, again, while your methods may be a little bit questionable, I do trust that you will get this done, and I do believe the Scorched Shield will be successful in this. But if you need any help, please let me know. I want not only to keep the city safe, but I do want you all to come back safely as well. If my father, you've... Go ahead. You're my favorite. Don't tell the others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in a little bit of a way. It's the feathers. I mean... It's the of it all. But yeah, Lady Red X sends you on your way. Soren, you fly back over. You meet your friends at the back at the docks where <laughs> you guys are, after being given some direction from Romulus, have found your way at the entry point to begin your descent into the kingdom of Brine. So we're gonna, this, at this point, we're going to take a little bit of a 10 minute break. So y'all can get some water, go to the bathroom, and then when we come back, we're going to begin our descent into <laughs> the Ravenous. underwater kingdom. This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time. <laughs>